0: Good evening, folks, and welcome back on this Saturday, the 28th day of January, 2023. I'm your host, Mark Hall, and it has been kind of a weird week. Well, hey, wait a minute. What's unusual about that of late? Thankfully, no World War III yet, but certainly lots and lots of moves on that score. We'll get around to those in a minute. And whether it's the economic meltdown still in progress, or treason on just about every front you can imagine, and probably quite a few that you can't, the revelations continue to come out this week, with of course the ones that didn't take center stage in the WAPO and New York Times at all being by far the most important. And given that they all really point in the same direction, and the sum of what will turn out to be the most important don't seem that way right up front, I'm going to try to make sense of them, as is often the case, more or less chronologically. Well, I'm going to start here, not because this story is important, it did happen early on in the week, but because, especially in hindsight now, it's really illustrative. And that's in spite of the fact that, as a general rule, folks, there are certain politicians that I try to pay as little attention to as possible. I guess the same is true for hookers, especially when it's a hooker that becomes a politician who now makes her money by, uh, yeah, doing it to you and to me, whether we like it or not. Well, certainly, such as heels-in-the-air Harris, which takes me, of course, to this story. Now, if you've ever read the Declaration of Independence, arguably, even once, you'd know what is left out here, arguably on purpose as well. Notice that the Kool-Aid drinker's listening to this lying Cretan, and I don't think she actually made this speech up. I think she was coached or given the text, but in any case, the lying Cretan doesn't get it, and neither do those that are watching we collectively. Did you ever notice everything is collective with these Marxists? We
1: collectively believe and know America is a promise. America is a promise. It is a promise of freedom and liberty. Not for some, but for all. A promise we made in the Declaration of Independence, that we are each endowed with the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Be clear, these rights were not bestowed upon us, they belong to us as Americans.
0: Now, by now we're used to hearing totalitarians twist the Declaration of Independence. If they were at the Bible, they'd twist that, too. But this is over the top. And just to make it clear, I'm going to actually fix the lies here by omission. Notice how glaring it really is.
1: A promise we made in the Declaration of Independence.
0: We? You sure as hell weren't there. And you've been doing everything in your power to destroy it ever since. So uh, don't say we. That we are each endowed by our Creator with the right first to life, then
1: to liberty and the pursuit of happiness.
0: Notice how she leaves out the one they intend to take away from you. And these blithering idiots cheer for it. Be clear. These rights
1: were not bestowed upon us.
0: They were endowed upon us by our creator. What a maroon. But she still intends to take them away. Listen to this veiled threat here at the end. These rights were not bestowed
1: upon us. They belong to us as Americans.
0: So ask yourself, just what are these ignoramuses cheering about? Your right to keep and bear arms? Your right to be free from uh, your right to be free from illegal search and seizure? Hell no, you don't have those. They weren't bestowed upon you. They were stolen from you, right under your ignorant noses. How about your right to freedom of assembly, freedom of speech, freedom of worship? Your freedom to say no to a DNA changing injection, that is, if it's really your body, your choice. Gone, dead, stick a fork in it, no longer bestowed, taken away. I guess you're not Americans anymore, whether you know it or not. But here's the real kicker. How about that right, once protected by the First Amendment, to petition your government for a redress of grievances? Well, try that, you American you. You'll end up in Biden's gulag. Let's go next to the Monday Zyklon B update. Yeah, there are more and more people figuring out that, hey, you know, that thing that they called a vaccine really isn't. And you know what? It really is killing a whole lot of people. Now that at least a quarter of Americans or so believe they know somebody that took the poke and died, it's getting harder and harder to hide the truth. Not that they're not still trying, but at least there are some high-profile people coming out and admitting I was nearly one of them. And among those, Elon Musk. Over the weekend, he tweeted... I had major side effects from my second booster shot. Felt like I was dying for several days. Hopefully, no permanent damage, but I don't know. He then added later that his cousin, who, quote, is young and in peak health, about a decade younger than Elon himself, say other stories, had a serious case of myocarditis, had to go to the hospital. And asked why it was that he fell for it, he said he had to visit the Tesla Giga in Berlin and was forced to take one in order to get on a plane and travel over there. Quote, not my choice. Well, I guess you could argue, yeah, ultimately it was, Elon. But those tweets have now been viewed probably millions of times and received literally thousands upon thousands of responses with a lot of people evidently saying, oh, yeah, it nearly killed me, too, and providing medical documentation or something equivalent to make the case. So, yeah, it's getting harder and harder for the great big stinking liars to lie about the increasingly undeniable. Meanwhile, there's still more coming, because when it comes to liars, the Fauci files are probably the biggest bombshell yet, and it may even take a while for that one to completely explode. President Donald Trump, who's still proud of Operation Warp Speed and hasn't yet admitted that he was duped, was at the memorial for a diamond of diamond and silk over the weekend and did have to listen to this from Silk herself, who was there and basically watched her friend pass away. Was it the poison poke?
1: The EMS came into the house. They did everything that they could. So what I want to say to everybody is don't you dare call me a conspiracy theorist because I saw it happen. I saw how it happened. I was there when it happened and it happened suddenly. I want America to wake up and pay attention. Something ain't right. It's time to investigate what's really going on here and get some answers to why are people falling dead suddenly.
0: Actually, we've known. We've known for a long time. But the people that have been lying to you and would like you to believe, oh, yeah, they did the studies, it was safe and effective, aren't about to quit lying to you now. But how obvious is it, really? Well, it's so obvious that Scott Adams of Dilbert comic strip fame has finally come out and said what, arguably, he should have said a long time ago, but better late than never, and to his credit, at least he does admit it. Even though I think he misses the bigger point. And in a video that was posted to his YouTube account on Saturday, the Dilbert creator said this.
2: I'm going to tell you that the people who, the anti-vaxxers, appear to be right Somebody who did not get vaccinated, got a little Omicron, or maybe even a worse one, but recovered. Now you've got natural immunity, and you have no vaccination in you. Can we all agree that that was the winning path? The smartest, happiest people are the ones who didn't get the vaccination and are still alive.
0: So he goes on to say, no, I'm not trying to soft-pedal this.
2: Have I said as clearly as possible they're the happy ones right now? And have a reason to be, completely. Right. Having uh, having said as clearly as possible that the anti-vax people seem to be the winners, I want you to hear that clearly, the anti-vax people appear to be the winners
0: okay let's be clear here this is where we start to smell a bit of a rat it's not about winning and losing scott it's about whether or not people kill themselves or survive
2: the anti-vaxxers clearly are the winners at this point and i think it'll probably stay that way and and i don't want to put any shade on that whatsoever they came out the best they they have the winning position the unvaccinated have a current advantage Because they, they feel better. The, the thing they're not worrying about is what I have to worry about. Which is, I wonder if that vaccination five years from now. Because really the anti-vaxxers I think were really just distrustful of big companies and big government. That's never wrong. It's never wrong to distrust government. It's never wrong to distrust big companies. Right? So if you just took the position, let's just distrust everything the government did, well, you won. You won. (laughs) You won completely.
0: No, you didn't get duped. You lived.
2: I did not end up in the right place. Agree? You would all agree with that, right? I did not end up in the right place. The right place would be natural immunity, no no vaccination you should take victory and I should take defeat we can agree on that right that that my position is now the weakest and, and your position has gone from the weakest to the strongest and that we can just say that's true the people who didn't give acts are absolutely in the winning position you win you win you are the winners you are the winners Alright, let me say that part with no ambiguity. You won. You won.
0: Let me say this again with no ambiguity. It's not about who wins. It's about who lives and whether or not you sign up for the evil team and end up dead or we're still in a really, really bad place. The question is, where do we go from here? What are you going to do about it now, now that you know you've been duped and now that you know one more time that Big Brother just plain can't be trusted? Are you going to go right back and drink some more Kool-Aid? Let him slip you another Mickey and then another poke? Or are you going to do something different from here on out?
2: Uh, all, all of my fancy analytics got me to a bad place. All of your heuristics, don't trust these guys, it's obvious, totally worked.
0: Oh, yeah, and for the same reasons. So, by the way, does reading history or scripture there was a suspicious glitch that delayed the opening of the New York Stock Exchange on Tuesday. A roller coaster resulted, but perhaps the right people came out on top, so nothing to see here, move along. But on that front, the biggest bombshell may have come out courtesy of Brighteon Social and Mike Adams' group, which has reported that the SWIFT global transaction system, that's the big brother scheme for making sure that, at least in part, the dollar is the backbone of the world's global fiat currency, even if the Saudis are less inclined to play in the world's petrodollar ballpark anymore, you still gotta move the bits somehow. Anyway, they have reportedly banned crypto giant Binance from carrying out transactions in US dollars for any amounts Under $100,000 beginning on February the 1st. That's been confirmed by Cointelegraph.com and others. All of this means that U.S. dollar on and off ramps from the Binance crypto hub will be cut off, at least for any small fry, and that would prohibit users from selling their crypto tokens for dollars, if such redemptions involve a bank wire transfer. Now what that means, again, is that unless you're one of the really big boys, and as George Carlin put it, There's a big club and you ain't in it. This is really making that clear. Binance has essentially deplatformed the entire Western banking and financial system in a very similar way to how Big Brother cut off Russia from SWIFT. And uh, we can kind of see what's happened after that now, can't we? But it's not like Russia and China and the other BRICS didn't see it coming. Says Adams, while Binance claims they're looking for a new swift partner, it's clear that the Western banking giants are now waging outright financial war against crypto, at least non-CBDC or central bank controlled crypto, most likely in preparation for the coming rollout of Big Brother's version of the Mark of the Beast. Yes, the CBDCs that will completely surveil and control anyone who signs up to use them. And if you realize that the mandatory vaccinations were kind of a beta test, you can probably imagine how that's going to go. Furthermore, says this story, in another shocking revelation regarding crypto and the ever-widening fallout and contagion from the collapse of FTX, we learned over the weekend that the U.S. home lending infrastructure has literally billions of dollars of exposure to crypto banks, including Silvergate, meaning that as crypto continues to explode, the collapse damage will likely spread into the home lending infrastructure, potentially impacting the viability of various home loans. They quote Cointelegraph at this point, which says the United States Federal Home Loan Bank System, or FHLB, is lending billions of dollars to two of the largest crypto banks in an effort to mitigate the effects of a surge in withdrawals. See, here's the problem. This is the reason why Binance isn't being allowed to... Uh, transfer any monies out for Schmalfry. you guys are stuck this according to a report from the wall street journal dated january 21 the entity reportedly lent nearly 10 billion bucks to commercial bank signature bank in the last quarter of 2022 making it one of the largest borrowing transactions by a bank in recent years the second to request funds from fhlb was silvergate which got at least 3.6 billion so says adams in effect the u.s government is now bailing out the crypto ponzi schemes that were used by by the leftist as money laundering operations for illegal campaign donations to help get Democrats and rhinos elected. Launder, bailout, rinse, repeat. From there we go to a couple other stories that I think are worth paying attention to as things come to a head. This one comes from the U.S. version of the British Sun. They do tend to occasionally hyperventilate, but still. Under the headline, Battleships, a Russian warship with unstoppable 7,000 mile per hour hypersonic missiles is now sailing toward the U.S. and will soon be within strike range. It's being called a show of strength, say reports, and the guided missile frigate Admiral Gorshkov has been closely monitored by NATO navies on its maiden voyage, armed with those almost 7,000 mile per hour Zircon weapons, which can, of course, evade defenses and either nuke or hyperbarically detonate anything that they choose to. This report, by the way, doesn't talk much about the Russian tsunami bombs, but they too are on the menu. An unconfirmed report from the Russian Telegram Channel, they say, notes it was spotted on radar in neutral waters of the Atlantic Ocean with an effective salvo launch distance from the U.S. coast because the nuclear-capable Mach 9 missiles have a reported range of just over 620 miles. The last confirmed report came from the Royal Navy, which intercepted the Gorshkov as it sailed through the English Channel earlier this month. There was a claim that the Russian vessel was tailed by the Portuguese Navy into the Atlantic and was expected to sail around the southern tip of Africa, but radar monitoring sites now suggest the Gorshkov made an unexpected diversion and maybe headed uh, further west after being tracked some 800 miles west of the Portuguese island of Flores in the Azores. I guess it's fair after that to ask, which is more scary, Russia, 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 or the Gates of Hell? I'm talking about Bill Gates, of course, the infamous bioterror billionaire, at least in your host's opinion, who recently issued a warning during his visit to Australia about the impending threat, and I guess he ought to know, of yet another pandemic, one that was intended to be much more devastating than COVID. And get this, they're actually coming out and saying it could be man-made, according to the Daily Mail. On Monday, the founder of Microsoft did an in-depth interview with Lowy Institute Executive Director Dr. Michael Fullalove, I know, I'm trying not to laugh, in which he discussed global health or the lack thereof, pandemic preparedness, food security, I guess you could say food insecurity, thank you Bill, and climate change in that in-depth interview. And he argued that world leaders must put aside their differences and go for the full monty of outright global tyranny. Work together to prepare for the next plandemic. And he went on to say that no country did precisely the right thing in their response to the COVID pandemic. I guess there was still a little freedom left somewhere or other. But he did praise Australia and some of the other truly tyrannical countries that did, quote, population-scale diagnostics early on and had quarantine policies. Achtung, yes, we know where you live, and we will make sure you don't leave there. So he would say... Nobody gets an A on this one. Sadly, said Bill, epidemics come along so rarely that it's easy to be incompetent. I guess that means especially if you can bribe people with billions to be even more incompetent than stupidity alone might otherwise guarantee. And i got to admit it, I really am surprised people are still drinking his Kool-Aid. And listen to this crap, folks. And that's as kind as I can be. I'll try to read it straight before I comment with the pandemic, oops, he didn't spell it right. With the pandemic, we were foolish not to have the tools, the so practiced, and the global capacity to be on standby, like we do with fires or earthquakes. So we need to be doing every five years a really comprehensive exercise at both county and regional level of pandemic preparedness, said Gates. And you need a global group that's kind of scoring everybody and saying, hey, if you're not participating in this, you scumbag terrorists, you, oops, See, I can't do it. You could be the source of the next plandemic. That is bad for the entire world. This, he said, is like a fire that goes global. And what he's not telling me is he's got all the arsonists right there on the team. Let's not forget, this is the guy whose team orchestrated Event 201 that, oh, so precisely, well, uh, planned the pandemic immediately before they rolled it right on out. Oops, before we move too far on, I guess I do have to do this late-breaking story. This just came up on the Daily Mail as I was wrapping up the recording for today, folks. Germany finally sends in the tanks, it says. Olaf Scholz has agreed to send crucial Leopard 2 armored vehicles to the Ukraine and allow other countries to do so following pressure from Bojo and various so-called NATO allies. Berlin's going to sign off on delivery of at least one company of Leopard 2 A6 tanks. Their Spiegel says Germany would also... Also allow other countries, think Poland, to offer their stocks of tanks. And let's poke that bear a couple more times and see if they finally won't go ahead and hit us with those nukes. We're trying everything we can. Even the Daily Mail admits threat of nuclear Armageddon hits new high. Says the Daily Mail, this comes as U.S. officials claim the Biden regime is now considering dropping its opposition, feigned as it may have been, to sending a company of M1 Abrams battle tanks to the World War III front, telling Reuters the decision could come later this week. This marks a significant upping of the ante in military aid to Ukraine. And yeah, it certainly does move that doomsday clock to within literally just seconds of midnight and uh, something really bright and flashing what i'm thinking of it i do believe it's kind of interesting how the daily mail occasionally even though they leaned pretty hard left comes right out and tells you certain things for example this story A border city in Arizona, Yuma, is at the breaking point with the unprecedented flow of illegal immigrants. They still don't use the right terminology, of course, because that's not politically correct. Leaving that community on the brink of collapse as hospitals and food banks are overloaded. Yuma County Supervisor Jonathan Lyons slammed the Biden regime for their handling of the border invasion. They say crisis. And his county, he said, will crumble because they can't support the cascading flow of... Migrants, over 5 million of which, have crossed the border into the United States since January 2021, when the Biden regime infested the White House. Yuma County's own Border Patrol has seen over a 170% increase in crossings since 2021, and lines warned that the situation will only get worse. Gee, do you think? As usual, folks, the Daily Mail has lots and lots of pictures, and they're nothing short of downright amazing Here's another one. This actually is part of a sequence. How can anyone feel safe in this city? Asked the headline, quote, Fury, it says, as NYPD lets three teen suspects walk free without charges after they batter a Fox News weatherman on the subway, leaving him with bruised ribs and black eyes. But at least he's alive. Local people and others across the U.S. were outraged, up in arms, Uh, but they're not allowed to do that in New York, of course, after discovering that these suspects, aged between 15 and 17, will not face any criminal investigation. And many are asking the obvious question, how can any of the dis-on-serfs here, quote, feel safe in this city? The case and its lack of handling has added fuel to criticism of Mayor Eric Adams and the NYPD, as the weatherman himself, Adam Klotz, has called on the mayor to increase surveillance on the subway. Ha! That's not right. Are they really that duped? How about let people shoot back? Well, here's the other story. George Soros and his empire of woke DAs says this headline. How that billionaire scumbag, and I put that word in there as you might guess, has spent 40 million bucks helping to elect far left liberal officials in thrall to loose bail laws and uh, basically non-sentencing. At least 75 prosecutors sick, says the story, backed by the billionaire scumbag, have been elected. Or have they? I guess inquiring minds want to know. But neither the DAs, the election officials, and certainly not the Daily Mail, are ever going to tell us. Soros continues to donate to the process of electing woke DAs over the years. And those billionaires' DAs have now stripped bail and theft laws, not to mention folks pushing for things like more disarmament of the slaves, and all of this has led to major crime spikes. Yeah, they admit the billionaire has used his wealth to reshape America, according to his liberal vision, that's putting it mildly, by bankrolling campaigns for woke DAs all across the nation. That, of course, includes the uh, the heels-in-the-air Harris, who's shown that there really is no glass ceiling, at least when it comes to the swamp, if you're willing to, uh, well, you know what, your way to the top. The article quotes author Matt Palumbo, who wrote The Man Behind the Curtain, Inside the Secret Network of George Soros for the New York Post, and points out that still the million Soros has spent to elect woke DAs is only a pittance of his at least $32 billion socialist fortune. And as a result, crime has skyrocketed in literally all the major cities overseen by Soros DAs. In 2021, Chicago, under the reign of Kim Fox, had the most murders in a quarter century. And in Philadelphia, drug use and violent crime have seen a surge since Soros picked Larry Krasner took over there. He's got his plants in St. Louis, Virginia, Oregon, Los Angeles, and even Texas. Not only Austin where you'd expect it, Travis County, but Dallas, too. And guess what, folks? They're still only talking about the stuff that's obvious. They're not talking about all the other ways to uh, swing elections or maybe overthrow governments. We'll be right back. Out of the second segment for this evening, folks, I'm your host, Mark Hall. Let's pick it up where we left off. By midweek, it was clear that Wednesday was hump day in more ways than one including the no longer hidden agenda to escalate World War III. Because the Biden Fuhrer has announced what a lot of people were afraid the idiot might just go ahead and do. He's going to give a significant number, he said, of Abrams M1 tanks to Ukraine, despite the Russian threats that that's crossing a red line, and it probably means nuclear war. Hey, maybe that just egged the idiot on. And let's not forget, this also means U.S. personnel will be sent to operate and perform maintenance on what is called the world's most powerful tank. Flanked by various officials, also Joneson for World War III, Biden said, today I'm announcing that the United States will be sending 31 Abrams tanks to Ukraine, the equivalent of one Ukrainian battalion, also the equivalent of about 400 million fiat bucks, or almost a month worth of Biden crime family graft and corruption. And he went on to say, how's this for a laugher? There is no offensive threat to Russia. Although there arguably is an offensive threat to your intelligence. No, these are purely defensive tanks. Good grief. And then he added this, as if that wasn't stupid enough. If Russian troops returned to Russia where they belong, this war would be over today. Unquote. Well, I guess if American troops returned to America where they belong, you could make the same comment. Oh, by the way, maybe they'd actually be able to defend the United States from a border invasion. And as anyone would have guessed, and the regime no doubt intended, Russia is furious over the decision of the United States and Germany to authorize Western-manufactured advanced tanks to be put there on the front lines of World War III, calling it extremely dangerous and noting again that the unprecedented decision blows past various Kremlin red lines. The Russian embassy in Berlin communicated to the German government that the newest dangerous moves quote "...take the conflict to a new level of confrontation." adding in their statement that this contradicts the statements of German politicians about the unwillingness of the Federal Republic of Germany to be drawn into it, meaning the war. But unfortunately, they said, this happens over and over again. Meanwhile, as the Daily Mail notes, Putin's own TV puppets, his equivalent of CNN, has called for that nation to nuke Berlin as a result. And the man called Putin's favorite propagandist, Vladimir Solovyov, ranted about the move, saying it's time to send a clear, resolute message that we now consider Germany a direct party to the conflict, rekindling memories of World War II. By the latter half of the week, the bear-poking was really starting to bear fruit. Starting with Germany, where the foreign minister, Annalena Baerbach, bluntly, and I've seen this headline any number of times, said the quiet part out loud. Fresh remarks, Western allies are now fighting open war against Russia. The remarks came during a debate in the Parliamentary Assembly of the Council of Europe, PACE, on Tuesday. And that was amid discussions over sending the Leopard 2 tanks to Ukraine and upping the ante, poking the bear and seeing if they can't provoke that oh-so-wonderful first strike. While Baerbach's words, says Tyler Durden, were largely ignored by the waystream media, a whole bunch of pundits on social media noted with alarm what the German foreign minister had done. And that's essentially to declare war on Russia.
2: And therefore, I've said already in the last days, yes, we have to do more to defend Ukraine. Yes, we have to do more also on tanks. But the most important and the crucial part is that we do it together and that we do not do the blame game in Europe because we are fighting a war against Russia and not against each other. Thank you.
0: Having previously warned that sending German and now American tanks to the front lines in World War III would be an escalation and, in fact, would cross yet another red line, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said discussions about red lines are now a thing of the past. And, quote, the United States has unequivocally declared its desire to inflict a strategic defeat on the Russian Federation, unquote. On the other hand, said Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov, these new tanks, quote, will burn just like any others. But the real warning seems to have come from Konstantin Gavrilov, the head of the Russian delegation to the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe, or OSCE, who has publicly thrown down the gauntlet, as Hal Turner's summary puts it, to the collective West and in an official statement, Gavrilov instructed that he has been told by his government to announce the following. Quote, we know that the Leopard 2 tank, as well as the Bradley and Martyr infantry fighting vehicles, are armed with uranium core armor-piercing projectiles, the use of which leads to radioactive contamination of the area, as has happened in Yugoslavia and Iraq. And as the Daily Mail summary of the same story puts it, that Kremlin official warned that the Russians will consider the use of any such depleted uranium weapons. They're called the silver bullet, and they were used by the U.S. in the Gulf War and during the Allied bombing in Kosovo and Yugoslavia. They leave radioactive waste, and they will be considered as, quote, nuclear dirty bombs by the Kremlin. No, there is no nuclear blast from depleted uranium, just a nuclear fallout signature and a whole bunch of contaminated land. The projectiles disintegrate into highly radioactive powder, which then travels by air and pollutes entire areas for decades. Hal Turner goes on to describe a whole litany of U.S. armament that uses depleted uranium, or DU, in various shells. From 30-millimeter ordnance, armor-piercing incendiary rounds from the GAU-8 Avenger, the cannon of the A-10 Thunderbolt II used by the Air Force, the M-242 machine gun mounted on the U.S. Army's Bradley fighting vehicle and the Marine Corps LAV-25, the cannon on the AV-8B Harrier, the Cobra gunships, The U.S. Navy's Phalanx M61 Vulcan Gatling gun, the 120mm and 105mm cannons employed on the M1 Abrams tanks, and any number of others. Worldwide, only the U.S. and U.K. have acknowledged that they have been using DU weapons. Almost 800,000 DU rounds were fired during the 1991 Iraq War, mostly by U.S. forces. And in 2003, during a three-week period in Iraq, it was estimated that between 1 and 2,000 tons of depleted uranium munitions were fired. The official warning from Russia's delegation to the OSCE concludes thusly. If such shells are delivered to Kiev, we will consider this as the use of nuclear dirty bombs against Russia with all the ensuing consequences, unquote. So, says Hal Turner's radio show, Russia has just thrown down the nuclear gauntlet to the West. And the probability of a now nuclear exchange, and of course with it outright nuclear war, or at least a World War III that ends nuclear, just got very, very real. In a separate but related story, maybe it's just all the smoke. Ukraine keeps shedding senior officials, allegedly for corruption, but it does beg the obvious question, why now? And the obvious answer, there's a big Russian offensive coming. Some are saying that this is rats fleeing the sinking ship. Others are suggesting, hey, if the Russians weren't planning to pull the trigger on their offensive, maybe this will push them over the edge. There's a different kind of nuclear war afoot in satellite TV land. This comes from Newsmax reporting on the fact that DirecTV, owned by AT&T, has now censored them. At midnight Tuesday, AT&T's DirecTV cut Newsmax's signal, immediately shutting that network off from more than 13 million customers of the satellite TV service, DirecTV Stream, and UVerse. And it's the second time in the last year that AT&T has moved to cancel a conservative channel. They deplatformed OAN back in April. And that's despite Newsmax being the fourth highest rated cable news channel in the nation. Watched by 25 million Americans on cable alone, according to Nielsen. DirecTV claimed it was just a cost-cutting measure. They'd never pay Newsmax a cable license fee, even though they pay a lot more to a lot of other companies for a lot less and a lot lower ratings. Said Christopher Ruddy, CEO of Newsmax, this is a blatant act of political discrimination and censorship against Newsmax, and I guess we'd have to say, what else is new? But Ruddy added, the most extreme liberal channels, even with tiny ratings, get fees from AT&T and DirecTV, but Newsmax and OAN need to be deplatformed. Meanwhile, members of Congress are asking, why is it that only conservative media is being thusly targeted? (laughs) As if we didn't, pretty much already know the answer. All right, well, from that same den of iniquity, a bit of good news. It's official. Adam Schiff for brains and Eric Bang Bang with Fang Fang, infamous for his Communist Chinese Party spy flings. The anti-national security deadly duel have now both been kicked off of the so-called House Intelligence Committee. Who knows, maybe it actually will end up having some intelligence. Tweeted the guy who's always in the top of the running for the most disreputable scumbag in Congress. Schiff tweeted, Kevin McCartney just kicked me and Representative Swalwell off the Intelligence Committee. Get this, this is petty political payback for investigating Donald Trump, he tweeted. If he thinks this will stop me, he'll soon find out just how wrong he is. Um. See if I can get through this without gagging. I will always defend our democracy. Unquote. And this is after Schiff was caught lying time and again, folks, about everything associated with Russia, Russia, Russia and the bogus investigation intended to undermine the actually elected president of the then United States. And I guess after that, it's only fair to play what Kevin McCarthy said in response to the idiotic claim that this was petty political payback. What did Adam Schiff do as the chairman of the Intel Committee? What Adam Schiff did, use his power as a chairman and lie to the American public. Even the inspector general said it. When Devin Nunes put out a memo, he said it was false. When we had a laptop, he used it before an election to be politics and say that it was false and said it was the Russians. When he knew different, when he knew the intel, if you talk to um, John Radcliffe, DNI, He came out ahead of time and says there's no intel to prove that, and he used his position as chairman, knowing he has information the rest of America does not, and lied to the American public. When a whistleblower came forward, he said he he did not know the individual, even though his staff had met with him and set it up. So no, he does not have a right to sit on that. As for the CCP plant on Intel, McCarthy's previously noted that Swalwell couldn't get a security clearance in the private sector. And furthermore, he said, if you have relations with a Chinese spy, you shouldn't be allowed to be on the Intel Committee. Unquote. And gee, imagine logic like that, folks. Kind of makes you wish we still had a viable military to defend this country. Finally, some comic relief from the House of Representatives. Who knows? Maybe this will actually pass. Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri introduced legislation on Tuesday aimed at preventing what has become de rigueur, standard operating procedure in the criminal Congress, preventing insider trading by members of Congress, and barring them from trading individual stocks. It's called the Preventing Elected Leaders from Owning Securities and Investments, a.k.a. the Pelosi Act. And it would require lawmakers and, get this, their immediate family members, can you spell Paul, to use qualified blind trusts instead of uh, buying and selling assets to line their own pockets with the idea of avoiding either real or, get this, perceived conflicts of interest. I will go ahead and read his statement. He said, For too long, politicians in Washington have taken advantage of the economic system they write the rules for, turning profits for themselves at the expense of the American people, said Holly in his statement. As members of Congress, both senators and representatives are tasked with providing oversight of the same companies they invest in, yet they continually buy and sell stocks, outperforming the market time and again. Isn't that amazing? That's kind of beg the question, doesn't it? Is it because they're really that smart, or they just know who's going to get the subsidies before the peons or even the algorithms do? All right, and you do have to love Zero Hedge. They do provide some background on some of the suspicious appearances of impropriety. In March 2021, the Pelosi crime family scored almost $2 bucks on microshaft call options less than two weeks before that same tech giant secured a $22 billion contract to supply U.S. Army combat troops with augmented reality headsets, while in January of the same year, Paul Pelosi bought about a million bucks of Tesla calls just before the Biden regime announced plans to push, say it with me, folks, EVs. These aren't the droids you're looking for. These aren't the droids
2: we're looking for. Move along. Move along.
0: James O'Keefe and Project Veritas seem to have done it again. This time they released yet another blockbuster, another of their hidden camera videos, starring what seems to be a satanically evil Pfizer director of research and development, who basically came right out and said, no, we're not doing gain of function. we got a better name for today. We're developing nasty new viruses by directed evolution, which is politically correct, folks, on so many levels. And the introduction to this new blockbuster starts with a question. Is Pfizer actually thinking about modifying COVID?
1: Well, that is not what we say to the public. No. Don't tell anyone what's going You to You to We're exploring, like, not, you know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can, a, we can create develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma
0: company mutating. So if you missed that, he said that one of the things they're exploring is why don't we just mutate COVID ourselves so we could, you know, preemptively develop new vaccines, right? But there's a risk, as you could imagine, because who wants to have a pharma company mutating effing viruses? Then he pretty much admits what everybody who's been paying attention has known for a long time. You have to be very controlled to make sure that this virus that you're mutating doesn't just create something that goes everywhere. Which, he said, is, I suspect, the way the virus started in Wuhan, to be honest. It just makes no sense that it popped out of nowhere. It's bullshit. Meet Jordan Tristan Walker, a Director of Research and Development Strategic Operations and MRNA Scientific Planning at Pfizer. It sounds like gain-of-function to me.
1: I don't know, it's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like, here's... It's definitely not gain a function. It sounds like it is. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. So directed evolution is very different. Yeah. Well, you're not supposed to do gain-function research with the viruses. Like, yeah. they are rather not. But you do, like, these, like, selected directional mutations to try to see if you can make more potent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there, there is research on about that. I don't know how that's going to work. There not be any more outbreaks. just like, Jesus Christ.
0: The gentleman seems to have... Absolutely no moral compass at all. And that, of course, is Dr. Robert Malone, who took the red pill a long time ago. He nails it and has been informing people about what's really going on when it comes to COVID and the bioweapon ever since. Here he said, in his own summary of the revelation, after he was asked by Project Veritas to participate and comment, but here he said, we have a senior emissary from an immortal corporation which chronically prays and feeds on human suffering. A corporation which shrugs off massive fines for illegal activities as just another inconvenience, a mere business expense. And he says, look deeply into the face of this ambassador from another world. Listen carefully to these words because this is how we got here. This, he said, is the culture that has given us the global human tragedy. Behold, the banal face of unrepentant evil. Well, I guess you can't actually see the face of evil on a podcast. You can certainly hear it, but you can also read the letters. They come from the Federal Death Agency sometimes, too. A concerned American says a piece from the Gateway Pundit shared an email with TGP that he sent to the FDA discussing his concerns about the uh, not-vaccine. And as it turns out, folks, it's a pretty good letter, very well written, but it's a response that's really interesting, albeit new, not at all surprising. Every day it begins, more and more stories of sudden death, that heretofore healthy people are being reported. Strokes, heart attacks, hemorrhages, even in young children, athletes, otherwise known healthy adults. The COVID vaccine, sick, seems to be a common denominator. It's my understanding, he continues, that the FDA was warned about the significant possibility of these events many months ago. Steve Kirsch comes readily to mind. Dr. McCulloch has also been active. Yet the FDA still approved primary vaccine series boosters, and these even in infants and children. If it's established that the FDA approved EU, the vaccines as safe and effective and tens or hundreds of thousands of people subsequently die from effects of the vaccine, how will this ever have been justified, approving the vaccine for demographics of people that statistically had very little to fear from COVID? To an outsider, he said, like myself, it seems possible that the FDA is not the independent U.S. government regulatory agency that I thought. (laughs) Oh, do you think? Uh, Rather, they seem more like an extension of irresponsible pharmacological businesses that offered a product with insufficient testing on animals, insufficient clinical trials, or testing that indeed showed the tragic results that are being seen, but through some mechanism was suppressed. A responsible FDA, he continued, as if that was even still in question, would address these sudden deaths and recommend testing to look for people that might be prone to vaccine injuries and deaths. But ignoring this, he said, is beyond the pale. He goes on to describe some procedures that he says it's his understanding that are not being done routinely, even though, arguably, if there was a responsible FDA, maybe they should consider it. And in response, he got a letter from the health communications specialist at the Center for Biologics Evaluation and Research in the Office of Communications of the Federal Death Agency, And I'm going to highlight just one element of their response. Thank you for your inquiry to the FDA, it says. We hope the following information will be helpful. We appreciate the opportunity to provide accurate information about the COVID-19 vaccines, as it appears that you, you a little pee on you, you may have heard some inaccurate information. Oh, yes, you are a victim of disinformation, don't you know? Don't you know that's why we own 2Facebook and Twitter, so we can prevent this kind of thing from coming out? Be assured, he said, the FDA is closely monitoring the safety, sick, of the COVID-19 vaccines, sick, that we have approved and authorized for emergency use. Okay, it goes on to say, blah, 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 oh, we've got all kinds of surveillance systems to monitor and ensure safety. And get this, here's the quote, based on these multiple safety surveillance systems, there is no link between sudden death in people and the COVID-19 vaccines. That's my story,
1: oh, that's my story.
0: my story and i'm sticking to it unquote the more obvious the lie the more blatant the more in your face the doubling down and eventually of course if it's clear you're not going to believe it they may just kill you the same way they're killing everybody else and that of course is what mandates and e-vaccine passports and eventually the mark of the beast are all about and that's if of course they don't kill everybody before that via another method
2: Here's a story that at least
0: your host thinks is interesting and arguably related. This one comes from Zero Hedge and Tyler Durden. A new study from the D.C.-based Center for Strategic and International Studies, or CSIS, has concluded, I hope you're sitting down, that America's defense industry is, quote, not adequately prepared for a protracted conventional war with an enemy with a large military like, say, China. The results were the result of a war game simulation, which also relied heavily on observations and statistics being gained from the World War III front between Russia and Ukraine, and also Washington's ongoing military support role to Kyiv. The study says that the U.S. in such a war would rapidly deplete its munitions, DU-filled or not, particularly long-range precision-guided munitions, in merely less than a week of an actual hot war with China, say in the Taiwan Strait. The main problem with the U.S. industrial base, it says, when it comes to defense, including the munitions industrial base, most of which, remember, has already been shipped to the World War III front in Ukraine, is that it's, quote, not currently equipped to support a protracted conventional war, said the study. And in a statement to the Wall Street Journal, CSIS Seth Jones concluded, the bottom line is the defense industrial base, in my judgment, is not prepared for the security environment that now exists. On the other hand, there's this, and I'll suggest this one does fall into the single-sourced category. It comes from Hal Turner's radio show, and it says that a Russian Navy ship in the Atlantic Ocean near Bermuda has conducted a simulated launch of a Zircon a hypersonic missile against a nautical target some 900 kilometers or just about 550 miles away. But interestingly, the simulated launch involved the use of electronic warfare that actually did succeed, it would appear, in jamming U.S. radar and cell phones in the U.S. mid-Atlantic. It even disrupted digital Internet traffic for 34 seconds. This was, again, the Russian Navy frigate called the Admiral Gorshkov that tested the strike capabilities of Russia's much-hyped Zircon hypersonic missile in the Western Atlantic. And yeah, it says, people in the mid-Atlantic region, even if a lot of them didn't know it, experienced Electronic warfare jamming of civilian devices like cell phones and their internet for 34 seconds. From there, we have two very disparate stories that both, though, still might be called warnings on another front. The first one comes from Paul Joseph Watson and his Summit News. As of yesterday, he says, there's a new food additive, and he puts it in quotes, made out of powdered crickets. That has been approved and begun appearing in foods from pizza to pasta to cereals all across the EU. Yes, really. Defatted house crickets are now on the menu for Europeans across the continent, without the vast majority of them even knowing what's in their food. And thank you, WTF or uh, WEF says RT. This came as a result of a European commission ruling made earlier in the month, and as per the decision, which cited the scientific opinion of the European Food Safety Authority. you got to love the names here. The additive is safe to use in a whole wide range of products, including, but not limited to, cereal bars, biscuits, pizza, pasta-based products, and whey powder. But don't worry, the crickets are checked first to make sure they have discarded their bowel content before being frozen. Maybe they just tell them, hey, here's what we're going to do to and they crap. In any case, says Watson, it's lovely stuff. And critics have suggested, and it's kind of hard to argue with the logic here, that once bugs become widely accepted as a food additive, i.e. if people don't complain, their consumption will become normalized across the board. As Dave Blunt put it, the liberal world order has decided that the little people must eat bugs to prevent the climate from fluctuating in accordance with ruling class ideology or uh, your host might say, new mandated global religion. Yet, rather than mindlessly obey the experts, as most did with the COVID policy, people have been resisting this one. So the moon bat overlords are now furtively sneaking insects into food, which will allow them to reveal in the near future that we've already been eating bugs. So, hey, there's no reason for you to object to them shutting down farms and imposing the new diet by force. Furthermore, says Watson, the European Union has also recently approved the use of Alphatobius diapernius, otherwise known as the lesser mealworm, for human consumption. No, folks, it's definitely not kosher, but it may be yet another beta test to see what you'll swallow.